I have waited so long to tell this story. Some of you listening have no earthly idea who I am. Some of you have been following this story from the beginning. Some of you have come into this story midway through or even after the trial. So before we get started, I'd like to introduce myself because we're going to be spending a lot of time together over the course of all of the episodes in this podcast. My name is Crystal Wrighton. I am not a professional podcaster. I was the plaintiff in a very extensive defamation lawsuit that lasted almost two years. And despite the unanimous jury verdict ruling in my favor, the defendant in this case continues to defame me even today. Because of the extensive damage done to my reputation, I wanted a way to tell my story while being able to show the truth, facts, and evidence while my story is told, and this media was best suited for that. I'm also making this podcast because I want to help educate people about defamation, what it is, what it looks like, what it sounds like, why it is so hard to prove and rarely won, and about the legal process involved when you file a defamation lawsuit or if you're involved in a defamation lawsuit. This lawsuit itself was a journey. But also recording this podcast has been a journey, an unexpected, surprising journey that I didn't know I needed. Maybe I knew that I needed it, but I didn't know how much I needed it. And I didn't know how healing it would be to make. I am just so grateful to finally be able to tell my story. This is not a story that can be told quickly. This is a very long story with a lot of details, facts, and evidence. And I have tried very hard to only include what is absolutely necessary to understand the scope of what truly has happened. Believe me when I say, this podcast easily could have been three to four to five to 10 times longer than it is currently. And I apologize for the vastness of it all. But if I'm going to take you on a journey through everything that's happened and everything that's transpired, part of being able to fully grasp what I went through, what others went through, what my family went through, and how this all affected me is experiencing the exhaustion of listening to constant ongoing defamation that started in November 2020 and has not stopped. Throughout these episodes, you'll experience an ever-changing defamatory narrative, endless legal delays. And for every lie that is spoken or written, I will be showing the actual truth and facts. And because the lies seem to me countless, it's gonna take a while to unpack all of that. When I initially planned to do this podcast, I thought that the last episode would be the trial or maybe one more after that. However, so much has transpired since I began recording this podcast, I will be releasing even more content than I originally planned. Just a few practical disclaimers throughout the podcast, we will go through hours of video footage from the defendant in this case defaming me. And during that footage, sometimes she would be filming a live video on social media, getting ready, putting her makeup on. Sometimes she would be driving, sometimes she would be opening packages. So there is going to be some background noise that you'll hear that's just unavoidable. Also, as my legal team was capturing the defendant's defamation, oftentimes they would screenshot either a relevant comment or a certain point in time in the video that was important. And so you'll probably hear that noise too. I've also tried to remove profanity from the podcast. This is not a podcast that is for all audiences, definitely not for children. However, I recognize that many people who may be listening to this podcast may be around children. And so to the best of my ability, I have tried to remove 
the extensive profanity contained within all of the defamatory videos. And if I've missed any of that, I truly am sorry. I did try to remove all of that. It was excruciating to not be able to tell my story. And I am finally getting that chance. The defamation continues even to this day and will continue. And at some point I will draw a line in the sand. It is abundantly clear that the defendant in this case will never stop defaming me. But when I feel that my story has been told with all of the facts and all of the evidence and all of the truth, at some point I will no longer be giving her a voice. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it more than I could ever express. Trigger warning. This podcast discusses topics related to emotional abuse, gaslighting, verbal abuse, threatening language, cyberbullying, intimidation tactics, and thoughts of self-harm which may be triggering for some listeners. The content includes descriptions of manipulative behavior, psychological distress, body shaming, online harassment, and other forms of abusive behavior and emotional trauma. Please take care of yourself and consider your mental and emotional state before listening. If you need support or someone to talk to, please seek help from a trusted friend, family member, or mental health professional. Thank you for listening. I am Crystal Brighton. I am married. I have three children. I have one grandchild. I have a dog named Max. I have been in business for 18 years prior to the career that I am in now. I have a Bachelor of Business Administration in Economics. I started working for a private label trash bag company right out of college. I worked there for about three years. About a year after I started working there, I was promoted and I handled the largest account that we had in the company and it was a lot of dollars. It rhymes with Schmalmart. And I got a lot of experience in working with their retail analysis and things like that. I did replenishment. I also would analyze sales and suggest any sort of promotions that we might want to do or even new trash bags. So trash bags was not something that I thought that I would have my career in, but it was interesting. I had an amazing boss. He owned the company. It was a family owned company. His father had started it with his uncle and then he he and his brother had taken over it and they were a CEO and I think COO. And my boss was amazing. He challenged me. He taught me so much. And I kind of gained favor with him when he had me sit in on a meeting and I can't recall why, but he was showing a presentation that they were about to show our uh, Schmams and Schmalmart buyer. And it was embarrassing. And I really didn't hold back. I just said, I'm sorry, I just have a question. Is this the presentation that you're going to show our largest customer this week? And he said, yes. And I said, um, it, it's not. Can you just give me that file, please? Because this this needs some professionalism. And from that moment, number one, he really appreciated the fact that I wasn't like a yes man and that I was honest and that I wasn't afraid to say, hey, like this is not okay. I mean, I wasn't afraid to stand up for what was right. And so he really enjoyed that about me. So he had me working on that account. He was an amazing mentor, still a mentor to me today. When I had my son, the commute was just a little bit too far. I loved my job so much. It was just too far. And I had a newborn and it was just, it was just too far. So I ended up applying at this company that sold branded liquid supplements. I got an interview. I interviewed, I got the job and was doing the same thing. They had more 
accounts, the same account that I had handled was the, their largest account as well. But they also had pharmacies and things like that because they were branded liquid supplements. And so I learned a lot more, branched out a lot more. This was also a family owned company. After I had been there for a few years, I met my guest, Carolyn, who very quickly became someone who I respected. And we worked very, very well together. We ended up running the business together. And I was there in total for seven years. And then in 2008, there was a crash of uh, there was just a recession and liquid branded supplements were a luxury, not a commodity. Pills were a lot cheaper. And so our business really took a hit. After the recession began and our business started to kind of deteriorate, the owners started getting into some things that I just wasn't comfortable with ethically. And I refused to work on that. And so ultimately I was laid off and uh, Carolyn stayed on for a little while longer. I'm Carolyn. I have a bachelor's degree in accounting. I also have my MBA. And prior to working with Crystal, I was working in a Fortune 100 company. I worked for another very large company. So my experience when I got to the job with Crystal was my first family-owned small company. And I loved it. Crystal and I worked together at the beginning. That is how we met. And through several very interesting challenges, we decided that she's my person. I'm her person. We complimented each other. Even when we disagreed, we would quickly come to find out, oh yeah, she's right or I'm right. We are just very logical humans. If I'm being irrational, she will say it. And I respect her so much that I will just listen to whatever she says. It's just, thank you. It just... Crystal and I, we both would be presented with such interesting, like I said, challenges. And because it was a small company, we could quickly find an answer, present it and get things done. And so we knew right then that we were perfect partners for working together because we were able to get such great things accomplished. When we were given the ability to be put in charge of something, we were able to solve so many issues quickly, efficiently, cost-effectively. The professionalism that Crystal showed, her ability to make things happen, and also the way that she treats people. She not only is professional on the work, like the analysis, she puts her heart into the analysis, but also into the people to make sure that they everyone has the high morale, is happy, is getting cared for in the ways they need to. It's not she isn't just there to work. She's there to make a family of who she is working with. So you're not only getting great numbers, great analysis, solutions, you're also getting love and kindness and respect. There's not very many people who have the work ethic that Carolyn has. I definitely, uh, many times in my life, have been a workaholic, loved working with Carolyn. When I ultimately left where we had met and we worked there together there for some years, I started working with another woman uh, who had a company and she was just starting out and she was the creative definitely with design and vision and that kind of a thing. And I met her and she desperately needed help with operations. When I started working with her very quickly, she was like, I want you and I 
cannot afford you. And so we made an agreement for me to own part of the company with her. And so that is how we became business partners. Once we started growing, I just said, we need Carolyn. (laughs) And so as soon as we could Actually, before we could afford you, we uh, we hired her. When I first started working with this woman, I wanted to help her so much because of the vision that she had for the company and was very noble. She wanted the proceeds to help rescue women from sex trafficking. And I really was passionate about what she was doing and the vision that she had. And so I actually worked for free for two years, two years, no salary for two years. And she wasn't taking a salary either. We were building the business and the business grew so fast, more than double every year. And so cash flow with a growing business like that, that's a consumer packaged goods business where you have products that you're always having to purchase was challenging. And so we, instead of taking a salary, we put everything that we had back into the business. And at some point after those two years, I mean, we had grown it a lot and it was very successful and no signs of slowing down. And we were like, we have to pay ourselves. Like we, we just need to, we need to figure it out. And by that time, Carolyn had joined us. Carolyn also joined us for a very low Sorry, <laughs> not what she was worth at all, but she loved me and she believed in what we were doing and the vision for the company. And so she came and she helped us. So our company grew by leaps and bounds. I was the partner in the company that handled all of our operations and my business partner handled the creative, the design, product ideas, and that sort of things. I used to always just say, I'll just make your dreams come true. Whatever they are, you just tell me what they are and I will make your dreams come true. I will make it happen. And one of my skills is being highly adaptable, which helped me work for small companies. I loved small companies. I've always been entrepreneurial in nature, but I'm not a person who has those kinds of creative ideas. I'm the make it happen girl. And so my business partner would be in charge of product design and I would just make it happen all behind the scenes with logistics and analysis and worked very closely with Carolyn. We talked multiple times a day, always reviewing cash flow, always reviewing plans. When I was still working with my former business partner, at some point, like we were growing constantly. And so we were hiring people quite often. And I needed someone who understood efficiency and logic, I needed a higher level. And so when Misty's resume came across my desk, I was giddy. Number one, because she had a degree in economics and I was like, oh my gosh, it's a nerd like me. I love it. And so when we met, I was, I mean, in within five seconds, I was like, this is our girl. Like, this is our girl. Like I I knew that she was going to be great for us. So, so I did hire her and she did amazing work. And again, in a small business, you wear all kinds of hats. And so she would use her brain But then she would also, we would be unloading trucks and whatever it took. Hi, I'm Misty and I have a bachelor's in economics too. And so at some point I submitted my resume for a position at the warehouse and uh, interviewed with Crystal and we just hit it off. And I think she, we had both had economic degrees, which is very odd for our age and for women. Um, and so she hired me and also at a very low salary, but she is a salesperson. And so I am, I listen, I will try to get people to help. And she's talking about 
the business that I had with my business partner. She did not work for the defendant. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that's how we hit it off. And I just loved her. Okay. Right. I want to say, and I've seen all of these elements attacked through this these posts. Crystal is a Christian and not just some Bible thumper, a true Christian, a, a heart for God and a heart for people. And she's real. And I, that anybody attacks you on that is the part that makes me the most mad and most upset. You are a friend. Uh, she's an excellent mother and she's navigated things and even helped me with my own son and has told me to calm down and we'll get through it <laughs> in my own parenting. And I only have one, so I don't know. Well, one biological. And I, I love collecting stepchildren. <laughs> um, and so you're, you're a mom, you're a friend, you're a Christian. And I think what once we once I started and I realized that every day at the warehouse started with prayer, I was just blown away because in anything I've gotten, any job I've gone to since then, I always miss starting in prayer. And I also want to say that, you know, we were hiring and she would take people that may have had things in their past and allow them to work there and be in that environment and be loved on and be prayed over. You were always so positive about Defendant and their business because when I would go to the warehouse, I would tell you, I feel so scrubby. You always look so good. And you would say, hey, this is where I get my clothes. You need to try it out. And so I think you were really positive about it and, and nothing negative, which was always interesting to, to me as this has progressed. And I think actually after you separated from the company you owned in part, I said, why don't you go work for oh, didn't you? Defendant? Um, yeah. I didn't know anything about her, so don't throw rocks at me. But um, she just loved the clothing so much. And the message on on face value, I think, was really positive. We have kids and curves and bumps and bruises. Right, <laughs> bumps and bumps. Yeah. And so uh, it was it was pretty. I think you're pretty positive about it. So sorry mm -hmm. for recommending yeah. that <laughs> at the time. <laughs> After five and a half years of being there, growing the company, we went from having like two or three employees to how many do we have at the end? Oh gosh. Close to 50, if not over 50. And we, Carolyn and I obviously were in Texas, but after about five and a half years, we were just really going in some different directions and we needed to part ways. And I had some personal things going on in my life with my family that I needed to tend to. And so we agreed to part ways. Uh, when I decided to part ways, because we were business partners, there was the issue of selling my shares. Our operating agreement that we had on file was we each other, if we wanted out of the business, our partner got right of first refusal to the shares. And so I offered that to her. There was some disagreement about the valuation of the company. And so there was therefore a disagreement about how much I should be paid for my shares because that is based on the valuation of the company. It wasn't a friendly disagreement. It was really to the level that unfortunately we just had to get attorneys involved, which if you're going to have a business, 
Number one, you need an operating agreement because that operating agreement is what made that legal process so simple because we just had to reference the operating agreement, but it did take getting to attorneys. And so we did go to mediation. We came, I think, to a very quick resolution and that chapter was closed. I didn't really have a lot of contact with my former business partner after that point. Since I was helping my family with our kind of personal situation, I agreed not to get another job right away. We are financially stable. My husband has worked in corporate America for the entirety of our marriage. He has a master's degree. We don't live beyond our means. We live in our same home that we built 18 years ago. We do not have credit card debt. So we were in a place where I could just tend to the situation with our family and not have to have the burden of bringing in any income at that time. And so I had no plans to go to work for another probably year and a half. I had planned to just stay and deal with our family and and just kind of be mom because I when you're building a business like I had and Carolyn was there as well, we worked endless hours. Endless hours. There's nothing that Crystal and I would not have done. <laughs> to make I know where you're going with this work. there are look we were trying to get brand recognition so we would go work shows like holiday market holiday markets or there's this little town in Texas called Canton where they have what's called first Monday and you can go shop there and Crystal's like Carolyn can you please come help me at the show this weekend okay let's do it So you go and you set up your little store and you have a cold front hit in the middle of the night. We slept on property. Yeah, we had to sleep in the store. No restroom. The restroom was like around the corner. So we would take screwdrivers with us at night to go to the for self-defense. We would do this. We went and we called before we went to the Tulsa show and said, are y'all still really having this show? There's a blizzard in the forecast. And they're like, well, yes, we're having the show. You have to come. So we drove to Tulsa and we set up in the middle of a blizzard. But I'm telling you, there's nothing we wouldn't have done. And we, I wasn't paid nope. for doing those. No, there's nothing that we would not do to help grow that business. That is the kind of person that I am. That's the kind of person that Carolyn is. We should make an entire separate podcast just about those adventures. It was it was crazy. The times we stayed up late at night just trying to get these numbers because sometimes you know twenty four hours. Oh, stay there, up. there there would there have been small nighters. I'm just saying, working analysis, trying to figure out how we're going to get all this stuff shipped, and we loved it because we love working together, and we mm-hmm. have that same work ethic, which is you do whatever it takes. We had a wholesale business and so we went to market and sold and those were (laughs) late nights, all nights. We just, we worked our tails off all the time. It was, there was rarely ever a break. And so once I stopped working there, I had become a customer because I had met the defendant prior 
And, but I wasn't, again, I wasn't trying to work at that point in time because I wanted to tend to my family. At the end of 2017, when I made the decision that it was really time for me to part ways with my business partner, my daughter, a senior in high school at the time, became pregnant and she really needed my attention. Our whole family needed our attention. It was a shocking situation. I had her kind of young. And so I knew my, my famous line is this is not a real emergency. I knew that I was going to love that baby more than anybody on this planet, but it was still a situation that we needed to navigate through. And so my full attention really was on my family during that time. The baby was due in September. I had agreed to watch the baby for the first year because my daughter wanted to be a teacher. And so she needed a college education for that. And so while she navigated being a young mom and going to college for the first time, I wanted to be there for her and watch the baby, number one, so there wouldn't really be a daycare expense. Two, it's your first baby and you're nervous about those kinds of things. And also once my granddaughter was born, you had to pry her out of my possession. (laughs) I love that child and I love getting to spend that time with her. And so That was kind of my focus during that time. It really wasn't on getting another job or moving on in my career. It truly was just let me focus on my family, my daughter, helping my husband with his feelings about all of that, helping the rest of my family with their big feelings about all of that, and just really trying to help everyone as much as possible navigate that situation. I had worked prior to moving to Texas. I had worked in huge corporate environments. And when I came back to Texas to get married, I worked for small businesses. And not only did I find out what a great person Crystal is, I also found out how toxic small business, family-owned environments can be. The throwing of chairs, the yelling, the breaking of bottles, the the lying to get what you the want, the manipulations, the anything. We were in toxic environments and I held on to my job where Crystal and I met until they let me go because why would I leave? I didn't really, I mean, we didn't have any revenue, but they still needed me to do the books every month. So I did. And then um, they finally had to let me go because they couldn't afford me. And I knew that. So then the next company at one point I told my husband, I can't do this anymore. I'm quitting today. And he was out of town and Crystal came and rescued me because it was, it was, it was a, very it, emotional. It was a, it's a bad time. You, we, she was not okay. We worked for free. We put our heart and soul into this thing. I, I just couldn't, I was like, no, I'm done. I can't. And Crystal, it was already gone at that point. And I was, I can't do this anymore. I would have done anything for Crystal. But I couldn't continue under those circumstances. And that was actually a really good thing for me personally, because I got into another job where Mm -hmm. they truly 100% believe in me and compensate me. Carolyn is a vice president. So please refer to her only as Madam Vice President. She is very important and she is a very big deal. So, but she is very valued where she is now. And I'm very happy for her finding that place. And I have a whole new career now too, which is good for me, but it took me a bit longer to get there. But still to know what we have been through, just the toxic work environments, the top, 
the manipulation that it was horrible. And I don't wish that on anybody, whether it be a personal relationship, a work relationship. It is not fun to go through. I falsely thought or assumed that because I had experience and knowledge and, you know, knew how to do all of these things that I, I guess, was immune from that kind of treatment. And I really wasn't. And that is honestly really hard for me to admit. But I had spent at that point, I think 16 or 17 years building my career, gaining knowledge, gaining experience, putting everything about me into everything that every job that I had, I put it all in. And if I'm being very honest, to the detriment of myself, to the detriment of my physical health, to the detriment of my family, I remember my kids, I would bring them to work with me wherever I was. And so they always knew mom worked. Um, I got a letter from my children that said, why don't you love me? Because I was working from home and would have that office door locked right. and wouldn't let them in. Right. It We we gave our all to the detriment yes. of our family. It's not worth it. And what the defendant has done in her campaign of lies, ongoing defamation, even, even now to this day at the time that we are recording this, is she tried her hardest to try and destroy what I built in 17 years, 16, 17 years to destroy my good name, to destroy my credibility in the business world, to destroy my integrity, to destroy my character, to destroy literally everything about me. So she knew that she could weaponize her social media and tell her followers whatever she wanted to about me, despite my history, despite the actual truth about who I am. And what I not only did in, for other companies, but what I did for her company. And that was shocking to me. And to see the comments online of everyone just at her word, starting to accuse me of highly unethical business behavior, stealing, embezzling, hacking, stalking, first of all, First of all, when would I have stalked someone? Actually, you know what? Let's talk about that just for a minute. In all of the time that we work together, please explain to me, in your opinion, when I would have the time to stalk someone online, watch their every move, make multiple usernames, to talk to myself on the internet about this person all day long in your logical brain would there have been any physical possibility of me doing that well let's just be realistic if you never slept there's probably the time from say 2 a.m to 4 a.m when maybe you could have done some of that but i think we would have been able to see the effects of sleep deprivation right. so i'm gonna go with no i'm telling y'all we worked yeah. All the time for years. Years. And years. Wait, when did you say that you met me? April 14th, 2008. So you have known date. me longer than the defendant claims that I started writing about her. You have worked with me and we have spent most of our waking hours together. Yes. For longer. And I even know how you spent your like downtime. 
Like there were the years where you had Plants vs. Zombies. Did and, enjoy Plants vs. And Angry Bird. Like there was, we would work or we would do these other little things to let our brains have a break because there was so much going on. So we also traveled together. We have travel lots of different places. We road trips. Like, so in all of those times, would there have physically been a possibility for me to be 1100 zero separate. because you would always be driving i was the navigator that's it right is, because i'm a terrible so, navigator yes she's horrible at navigating so she distracted. would drive i would navigate and everything would be fine so in all of those i mean so in your professional opinion as a business professional as someone who does math for a living what is the statistical likelihood that I could have done any of the things that I was accused of. I'm going to say zero percent. I I just can't. It's not possible. If you knew Crystal, but the what? No. Okay. Well, yeah. I feel like that's pretty. It, it just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just it makes zero sense. Also, let me just ask you this: In your opinion, let's say I did have the time. Okay, okay. let's take that part off the table. Is that something that I would do? Okay, first off, whether or not you would do it or not, you would have told me That's because true. there is nothing hidden between us. True. We know everything about each other. So to say that you would have created a secret life that <laughs> nobody knew about in your no free time is totally out of character. Just you would have told me, oh my God, I hate this person. I'm going to create all these accounts and you would have said, can you help me? Like, you would not have, you would have done this on your own. You would have said, can you explain? That is a good point because I, all of my ventures, here we are, my new venture. Who's here? Carolyn. And, and, and by the way, I'm not being paid. This is all for free. But it just doesn't make sense that you wouldn't have told me because you know what? As soon as you found out about this clothing company, what did you do? You told me and you took me and I bought clothes there. It's not like she would have not shared with me something that's good or bad or ugly or whatever it is. We just tell each other everything. So once okay. again, zero percent. Next time on False and Defamatory. On one of the days, the defendant walked into my booth. And so then she started telling me about her company. And so then when the jeans came in, she promised that they would fit up to a size 22. I was beside myself. I could not believe that they fit. I ordered a pair for every day of the week. And everybody who knew me knew that I shopped there. I brought so many people into shopping with her. And so when she texted me in April of 2019 and said, I need a new operations manager, she needed help. Her warehouse was 0.3 miles from my home. It would be very flexible for me. I loved the clothes. I had volunteered for several events. I knew I could help her. And so I seriously considered it. I did notice some things that were a little bit of a red flag. And I called Carolyn and I said, I'm freaking out. If you see anything that gives you any doubt whatsoever, you can just quit. 
that's why I'm here. I'm here to help her. And if I can get the business healthy and thriving, then she won't be stressed and she won't be acting like this. And I would say to her, my reasons for being here are selfish. I just want to be able to buy these clothes forever because I love how they've made me feel, the confidence they've given me. And so I will do anything to help keep the business afloat so that I selfishly can benefit from wearing the clothes. And so looking back now, it really seems almost cult-like. Once you're in her circle, she wants you to stay there. And then once you don't follow the rules, you follow what she asks you to do, you are out of the circle. She had no problem running her mouth. Here's the thing. If the court ain't gonna take care of you, my mouth will, okay? The False and Defamatory podcast is hosted, edited, and produced by me, Crystal Wrighton, with music by Harry B. Ragsdale, who also serves as my audio engineer. First and foremost, I would like to thank my guests who generously shared their time and insight with us. I would also like to thank my husband, my mom, my children, my therapist, my attorneys, and trusted friends who walked with me through this process and made this podcast possible. Being able to finally speak the truth is incredibly healing, and I appreciate you listening more than I could actually accurately express. If you would like to continue receiving my latest episodes and stay up to date with my content, please subscribe to the False and Defamatory podcast on your preferred podcast platform and follow False and Defamatory on social media with the handle at False and Defamatory. Links to False and Defamatory social media as well as my blog can be found in the episode notes and on falseanddefamatory.com. Listening to the False and Defamatory podcast is free on most platforms. However, if you prefer a video podcast or would like to see the documents discussed in the podcast shown on screen, you can subscribe to my Patreon, where you will enjoy these benefits as well as early access, bonus content, and ad-free listening. The defendant spread her false and defamatory claims to hundreds of thousands of followers for more than two years. My goal is to share the truth so it can reach each person who heard her lies. By sharing this podcast, you can help me achieve that goal. Your support means everything to me and helps me reach a wider audience. So please hit that subscribe button and share this podcast with those you think would benefit from it. Thank you again for sharing and for listening. All social media posts referenced in this podcast were included in the evidence in case number 096-321-678-20 in the 96th District Court of Tarrant County, Texas, where the jury unanimously ruled in my favor on August 24, 2022. Please do not make any attempts to reach out to the defendant or her followers. Names have been redacted to protect the privacy of the defendant and her army of followers who commented on her public posts. The unanimous jury verdict has not only provided me with justice, but also allows me to share my story. The purpose of this podcast is to share the truth and to provide educational content regarding defamation and social media. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the False and Defamatory podcast does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Views and opinions expressed by the guests are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the view of the False and Defamatory podcast or Crystal Wrighton.